Hello, I'm Rosemary Gallagher, and welcome to our Sustainable Scotland podcast, brought to you by a Scotsman. Scotland's national newspaper since 1817, now bringing you fresh and relevant content for the 21st century. Sustainable Scotland is how Scotland's doing its efforts to be cleaner and greener for the next generation. And this episode is brought to you in partnership with Royal Bank of Scotland. I'm joined by Judith Cruikshank, Managing Director of the Commercial Bank at Royal Bank of Scotland, and the Climate Sponsor, the Commercial Bank across the NatWest Group. We're also joined by Dave Ray, Professor of Carbon Management and Education at the University of Edinburgh. He's also Director of Edinburgh Climate Change Institute at the University. In our conversation, we're focusing on Climate Springboard, a collaboration between Royal Bank and the Edinburgh Climate Change Institute, and looking at its work to support small to medium-sized businesses. And now over to Judith and Professor Ray to introduce themselves. Sure, thanks, Rosemary. So I'm Judith Crookshank and I'm the Managing Director of the Commercial Bank at Royal Bank of Scotland and the Climate Sponsor for the Commercial Bank across NatWest Group. Thank you, Judith. And Dave, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name's Dave Ray. I'm Professor of Carbon Management and Education at the University of Edinburgh. Also direct uh, Edinburgh Climate Change Institute at the University of Edinburgh. Thank you both. And starting with you, Judith, could you explain how Royal Bank is um, cutting its own carbon emissions and also helping customers, especially small to medium-sized businesses, on their journeys to net zero? Uh, so there's a number of things that we're doing. As you say, our first thing that we talked about when we started talking about climate was the need to get our own house in order. So um, one of the big areas I work on is actually helping customers transition, but it's really important that we learn from doing um, ourselves and set examples. So um, we've taken uh, a lot of steps. We piloted um, some of our customers' um, products and propositions. Um, we've also been looking at you know, what power policies on things like travel um, and uh, and how our how our colleagues are getting up and down to London, for example, um, um, and really looking at just what are all of the areas that we contribute to climate emissions and then working through those steadily in a plan to reduce them. Thanks, Judith. And Professor Ray, um, what would you say about this? Because businesses are obviously under a lot of pressure when it comes to cost of living crisis mm-hmm. as are consumers. So how can they, in your view, become more energy efficient and more cost efficient at the same time? Yeah, I mean, they, they go together. I mean, we know, we've just seen particularly over the last year how energy prices have got so high, but also that volatility, you know, so they just eat into overheads. There's that kind of, um, that worry about, you know, what the future holds if they get higher and, you know, um, and, and tariffs go up. So actually that energy efficiency part, so understanding what where your energy is being used um and and reducing that where it's possible so getting more more efficient that's going to save money and at the moment it's saving saving us more money than ever if we can do it so it's crucial um i guess for the the long-term sustainability of a lot of businesses particularly smes but as part of that a bonus feature is the less energy we use the less carbon is emitted so that is a crucial part of addressing climate change at the same time and do you get many businesses who say, I don't have time to think about cutting carbon, what to focus on my cost, my bottom line? Is that something you come across? And if so, to both of you, what do you say to those businesses? So we don't hear that per se, but we do hear businesses who are really struggling with multiple competing pressures, um, particularly at the moment in the economic climate. So there are, you know, businesses will say, I'm focusing on keeping the lights on today. Um, I don't have the headspace to think about how I'm keeping the lights on in, in five years time, 10 years time. Um, and so, you know, as Dave said, we really started focusing on where are the win wins. Um, so where can we help customers save money today 
and reduce their um, their carbon impact. So um, often through energy efficiency, um, but often that comes through things like being able to purchase the premises that they've been renting where they've not been able to make changes to make themselves more efficient because they didn't own the building. Um, and in moving to a place where they own that building, they've then been able to, to make changes to it, which again has you know, dramatically reduced the amount of energy they're, they're using and therefore their costs. But also looking more broadly at that for other win-wins, so things like um, supply chain. So we know that you know, many of the larger corporate customers are obviously having to report their carbon footprint. Um, they're having to look at their scope three emissions, so the emissions of their supply chain. And there were demands demanding of their um, suppliers to be able to report their carbon footprint and be taking actions to reduce it. Um, so again, we can help our customers be more competitive and be able to get position in those supply chains. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I, would, I would echo those comments and, and say, you know, everyone's really time poor, right? And so having climate change is this extra thing that you're supposed to know what to do that's a real challenge for for everyone particularly smes in the current environment and so if you say oh, we need a carbon footprint you know it's kind of well how do i do that and i think so that the climate springboard program that um uh, one of our teams in ecci leads on from from the university i just love it because what it does is is do that hard work for the businesses it does that and often it's actually relatively straightforward work but there's just not that headroom in terms of time and what they're able to do is say we'll help you produce a carbon footprint but not just know the numbers and not just know the different scopes of emissions that we just talked about but actually what you can do about it and where in your business you know short term medium long term you can make changes which will save you money so making it easy so that you can carry on doing your your day job and your night job, which is running the business, but actually doing that in a way which is, is saving you money, like I say, cutting energy and cutting carbon. And if I can just build on that, I mean, when we were setting up the partnership with Edinburgh Climate Change Institute, um, that was our thinking. So we had launched Carbon Planner, which is a digital tool to help businesses come up with their, um, understand their carbon footprint and the actions to reduce it. And that's great if you know where you're going, you know where you're starting. It's really you know, user-friendly, um, but some customers do want a bit more hand-holding. They do want to talk things through. Um, and that's where the program with uh, with ECCI really has come into its own. So it's getting those customers into um, you know, cohorts of anywhere between 10 and 20 customers who are going through that journey together. Yeah. Um, and you know the team at ECCI have been amazing at just helping them understand where do I find the bit of data that will help me understand <laughs> what my energy you know usage is, um, and where do I find that quickly? And then being able to share best practice with each other as well, which we see come across even when you're not in the same sector, that ability to share lessons. Now, to your original question, I mean, we do hear from people, I don't have time to go on a four-week program. You know, when I say four weeks, it's you know, four sessions, um, you know, including the the kind of check back in later on. Um, and we've come up with various solutions for businesses like that of suggesting, well, if you've got someone who's more junior in your team, you know, send them, make them your climate rep you know that's a great opportunity for someone or you know sign up two people and it doesn't have to be the same person at each of the each of the workshops and um, but we do know that is a real pressure on people and we do try to, to you know accommodate the program around that as well mm -hmm. you've mentioned obviously climate springboard there the collaboration between royal bank and ecci um and what's hard to smes is there any business how do you take part in climate springboard what type of business do you have to be what criteria do you have to fill to 
be able to take part in the in the program. So it's really open to um, any of our customers. As you say, is targeted SMEs. We find our um, our larger commercial or more corporate customers tend to have a, a team or a person who's already dealing with their climate plan and looking at it. It's not safe. If they felt they would benefit from it, they could come on it. Um, but it is targeted at those businesses who don't have the luxury of having that um, dedicated climate team or person and who will benefit there for the most of getting access to that expertise from, from ECCI. Um, at the moment, it's restricted to Royal Bank of Scotland customers because we really wanted it to be that value add. Our carbon planner tool is available for non-customers as well. But we said this is a really special resource to get um, and we wanted to make that only available for customers. We are, however, about to, to run one exception to that which may you know mean we do something like that going forward where we're working with um the highlands and islands tourism um board to run it with uh, all businesses from the tourism sector up in the highlands and islands together um because we think it's a really good opportunity for those businesses to learn from each other but in order um to to take advantage of it to get to know more about it really customers just need to talk to their relationship manager um, who they'll know well um, uh, within within the bank, um, or come and talk to you know myself or anyone at um, at, at ECCI, and, and we'll very quickly get them signed up to the next available cohort slot. Definitely. You know, that sounds great. And what have you done to make Climate Springboard especially relevant to SMEs? How has it been tailored towards the, the challenges they're facing in particular? I mean, I, I think one of the one of the brilliant things about it, like Judith was saying, is it's. It's already got several cohorts which are really diverse, but what, what the team does um, across ECCI and Royal Bank of Scotland is kind of really understand what, what their business needs and what, you know, the limitations, just like Judith said, in terms of time and, and what they can put into it. And I think that kind of, that early win with all of them in terms of uh, how do you assess where your energy is being used at the moment and how you can cut it. And so the diversity of business is amazing. It's, I love it. But they've all got that commonality of they are operating in a world where there's increased regulation, increased expectation, uh, supply chain, you'd have mentioned, in terms of procurement, to know where your emissions are and to say what you're doing on climate, but also, yes, this energy um, crisis in terms of the cost of living cost of energy so they've all got that commonality of pressure on the bottom line actually from energy costs so there's that commonality of um of help that can be given but also there's that that there's the lovely thing when i met one of the cohorts and they're from diverse um kind of sectors like i mentioned but them learning together is such a wonderful thing to see because um, they're sharing good practice and what they're doing with each other as part of this process. Um, and that means you kind of, you get that that feeling that it's not just you being kind of out on the extreme doing green stuff. Actually, this is something which um, lots of businesses across different sectors are doing and, and actually getting a lot out of it, not just in terms of direct monetary savings in terms of energy costs, but that building capacity, like Judith says, you know, having someone who's gone through this process, that carries forward in terms of that capacity in your business for, for years, decades to come in terms of their understanding of um, uh, where they can cut emissions, but also the regulation, the kind of context to this, because climate change, as we know, um, is, is intensifying uh, every year. And with that comes 
more regulation, energy costs aren't going to go down anytime soon either, unfortunately. So all of these things which brought people onto the programme in the first place are only getting more and more powerful. So I would just love to see loads of businesses do this. In fact, every I'd like every business in Scotland to go through this process um, because it's so important on a national level for us to meet our net zero um, targets, but actually also in terms of our prosperity and our competitiveness in terms of the private sector. You're listening to the Sustainable Scotland podcast. This episode brought to you in partnership with Royal Bank of Scotland. If you'd like to discuss partnering with a Scotsman for an episode of Sustainable Scotland, please email podcasts at scotsman.com. And now back to this episode of Judith Cruikshank for the Royal Bank of Scotland and Professor Ray of the Edinburgh Climate Change Institute. What do you hope the main takeaways are for businesses who complete the Climate Springboard? What would you like them to leave thinking and passing on to their businesses? I think the main thing for me is that they can take an action that makes a difference. So, you know, often we have conversations with businesses who'll say, well, you know, really for my business, I'm waiting for this big technology solution and it's still being developed. Um, and anything else I can do is not really going to, to move the dial. But actually, when they go through the program and they start taking those small actions, they often add up to actually be quite significant um, and they can be taken today. Um, and therefore, you know, as Dave said, really start us on, on the journey today and that transition. So um, I think for me and then, you know, the other piece, because it's in a cohort base, is that they're all in the same boat. Um, you know that other people are going through the journey with them um, and uh, and at the same stage as them often I think we talk to businesses who assume that you know people are, are ahead of them and, and have already taken all the actions but actually there's a lot of people who are just you know starting to work their way through this now. Climate Springboard is still a relatively new initiative could you tell me a bit more about his work to date for example how many SMEs it's supported so far? So, I mean, I, as far as I, I know, it's uh, it's over 50 now um, across a whole load of different sectors, like I mentioned. And the achieve, I mean, the feedback's been great and, you know, the approval ratings and all that stuff. But what I love is seeing the actual individual stories from them. So there's one company that, um, that I met, actually, they, they came into ECCI as part of a, a kind of group meeting. And they were talking about the, the kind of the energy uh use assessment and the carbon footprinting um and one of the key things was them just not knowing where their energy was being used so a lot a lot of us now have half hourly meters we have smart meters a lot of businesses have them but quite a lot of businesses don't have those data or don't even know how to look at them and so what climate springboard was able to do was to help them analyze those data and they noticed that even though they were they're a kind of manufacturing so engineering company to all the workforce is there during the day and they're doing their work in the day that their energy use was almost as high in the night when no one was there. And they actually monitored the data over a couple of weeks and found one of their machines was using um, this huge amount of power because it was just on standby overnight. So they were able to identify that, turn it off uh, and cut energy and costs um, just for, by knowing the data and understanding, like I say, their kind of energy footprint and usage. It's going to help business make real changes fairly quickly from what you're saying. Yeah. And Judith, you would you like to add there in terms of achievements of Climate Springboard and how businesses have benefited who have gone through the programme? Yeah, so again, you know, I think there's there's a lot of great examples where people have saved um, saved money um, by reducing their energy usage. We've also seen customers then go beyond that. So we had one customer who um, have a fleet of, of drivers and they actually spent a lot of time looking at 
could they save fuel if their drivers drove differently? Um, and so they actually trained the drivers to drive much more efficiently. And what would that look like? Things that just people just wouldn't consider or weren't thinking about. Um, and they've reduced their fuel usage by up to 10%. Um, the other thing that I really like seeing is when we're able to connect customers to other customers so we have a lot of I mean, a lot of SMEs will be part of the solution for the transition to net zero so it's not just about them reducing their own emissions but actually they're going to be the businesses that are doing the retrofits they're going to be the businesses that are you know developing um, the solutions in in energy monitoring etc cetera, etc cetera. and actually we found lots of great examples where we can connect customers on the one side to customers who have solutions on the other side um, and that's been really great to see okay that sounds great in terms of sectors you mentioned it's for all sectors so if you had quite diverse companies taking part from manufacturing to retail you mentioned hospitality earlier has it attracted people from across across the board it's, it certainly has in my experience and, and some sectors which i hadn't even thought of like funeral directors right so it's some it's unfortunately a service we all have to use um but they actually have a high energy usage um and so um yeah having them in the same room as like i say a kind of um engineering company which you would think well they've got nothing in common but absolutely they, they had in terms of understanding their energy use and they all got significant costs um associated with energy use and were able to to kind of yeah, have that commonality of um, of the approach in terms of identifying where they could make um, efficiency savings. So, so yeah, it's it's one of those it's one of those things where you kind of you think on climate action, you know the businesses or the sectors that would be taking action or that you would meet through this. But actually, you know, climate change, climate action, energy costs—they are economy wide. And so, you know, this program is is relevant economy wide um, in the same way. And one of the sectors we've been thinking about slightly differently is agriculture. So um, in the initial phases, we've not really been opening up to agriculture customers. We have a couple of other partnerships we've been exploring there because it is the nature of those businesses is slightly different and, and can be slightly more complex. But we have been um, getting together our other partners with the team at, at ECCI to start to explore what would a, a cohort look like in that space and what can we do in that space because it's a hugely important space um, in terms of that transition journey um, but that is one area where we do see you know kind of differences in in, in, in what they have to think about and the actions that they need to take. Mm -hmm. Okay is that especially true in Scotland given we're such a large rural sector do you think it's especially relevant here? Oh, hugely. Um, you know, we look, I report alongside my commercial budgets every quarter. I, I um, submit my um, emissions budgets, my finance emissions, and we've got a commitment as a bank to have those emissions by um, 2030. Um, and my largest amount of emissions is from the agricultural sector. Um, so it's really important that we find a good solution through that because it's hugely important also in terms of making sure we've got, you know, secure food supplies and healthy food supplies. Um, so it's not about saying, well, let's not have that or let's not, you know, it's a hugely important sector for us to support. Um, and they've got a huge role to play in that transition journey. So we have, we've got partnerships with um, uh, WWF, um, which, you know, we've been holding a number of roundtables with their um, Scotland team to really try and understand, you know, what is, what, what's needed to help um, the agricultural sector move uh, towards sustainable practices. It's a huge sector for us in Scotland. It's one of those sectors where 
I think most farmers um, at the moment are worried about the future just in terms of um, new support regime, which is coming in. So we've got a new agriculture transformation bill going through Parliament here. Um, farmers are going to be supported in a different way. Um, and the market also is is changing so rapidly. And so for me, it's so dear to my heart, um, the sector is what I work in mainly in terms of my research. Um, and it's one of those areas where we talk about a just transition uh, to net zero a lot uh, in Scotland, because uh, we kind of um, lead on that, in my view, but it's talked about globally. And that's often associated with the oil and gas sector and, and, and kind of um, high intensity industry. But actually, the agri sector for me is one where we've got to get it right in terms of the transition to net zero has to be just. Uh, these are the people that put food on our tables. They are that important. Um, and yet yeah, the world is changing rapidly for them, not least the climate change impacts that farms are dealing with uh, day in, day out. So um, it's so good that uh, that the bank is 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 taking kind of uh, things forward for that sector in particular. So I'd like to ask um, both of you, just if you could sum up in one sentence, just why I think it's vital that businesses tackle climate change now. And perhaps Professor Ray, could you answer that first? Yeah, it's good for business. I mean, I, I should say as a climate scientist, where it's good for the climate, and it is, but it's just good for business. Um, you know, it gives you that ability to cut overheads, but it makes you makes you more resilient to things like uh, price shocks from from energy costs, but also regulation. Um, you know, so it means you've got that that kind of that ability and that capacity in house to cope with the rapid changes that are coming through climate action. So good for business, good for the climate. Thank you, Professor and Judith. What would you say to that question? Yeah, no, I would completely echo that. I think it's absolutely good for business, but I mean, more broadly than just, um, you know, the points that Dave has mentioned, if we look at, um, you know, talent coming into the workforce now, it's becoming an increasingly important factor of where they want to work. Um, so being, you know, taking those sustainable choices, moving your business in that direction becomes really important to attract and retain talent. And also in terms of, you know, competitive advantage for customers, because, again, customers are making more sustainable choices as well. Um, and so it is, you know, for, for many reasons, good for business and therefore good to, to do now rather than waiting. Thank you, Judith. It's great to hear about the work of Climate Springboard and what you have coming up. Is there anything else you'd like to add in terms of what Climate Springboard is doing or what the Royal Bank's doing or ECCI in terms of helping SMEs in particular tackle climate change? I mean, I think the main thing I would say is, you know, to come and talk to us about it. So, you know, and we'll help you get the right support uh, that you have. It's something, as I said, we feel hugely passionate about at um, Royal Bank of Scotland. Uh, you know, we've made commitments both to help finance the transition, but more importantly, to use that convening power that we have and the partnerships, that, you know, the great partnerships like ECCI that we have. So, you know, come and talk to us and we'll, we'll help you get to the right place. Thank you, Judith. And Professor Ray, is there anything you'd like to add to finish off our conversation? I would completely echo Judith, just in terms come and talk to us. I mean, the team, the Climate Springboard team and ECCI are fantastic, but they're part of a, obviously a, a a large number of people here at the university, um, a lot of them within ECCI, with just huge expertise on climate change across all those sectors. So if you want to come and talk about agriculture or land use, we've got that expertise. Um, if you want to come and talk about renewable energy, energy systems, transport, likewise. So yeah, come and, come and have a chat. Thank you both. Thank you so much to the Cruikshank of Royal Bank of Scotland and Professor Dave Ray of the Edinburgh Climate Change Institute. 
was great to hear all about the work of Climate Springboard and supporting SMEs. And thanks too very much for listening to this episode in the Sustainable Scotland series, produced by Scotsman. This episode was delivered in partnership with the Royal Bank of Scotland. Please listen out for and enjoy more episodes of Sustainable Scotland on all your main podcast platforms. This episode was presented by me, Rosemary Gallagher, and produced by Andrew Mulligan. <laughs>